is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here with you tonight. Why are you here? We're talking to Carolyn Mace about Sacred Contracts, one of her many best-selling books. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden. Well, good evening, Nicole. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to hear your voice and a pleasure to be here tonight. Welcome to the show, Stuart Wild. Thank you very much. John Kehoe, welcome to News for the Soul. Hey, how are you? Next up, Dr. David Morehouse. I'm so glad that you called me because you are doing such an important task, important work, because you are spreading a very positive message. I was really moved by last week's show because we made a commitment to a worldwide event to try to change consciousness. I'm feeling enormous energy around this show. Just enormous, enormous. Uh, I really have to hand it to you, Nicole. You've created sort of a niche of amazing, amazing connections. It's just like... (laughs) the angels and the devatas that are like attracted to news for the soul is amazing. And we love news for the soul. Next on News for the Soul, love and healing solutions with Beth and Gil. Gil and Beth show people how spiritual truth can help you heal from emotional pain resulting in personal transformation. Gil is a highly skilled pastor who raised up two megachurches in Colorado, and Beth is known around the world as a top-flight psychologist, trauma expert, and gifted healer. Together, they inform and inspire people to recycle and repurpose their lives through the currency of a healed life from breakups and divorce, addiction, failure, loss, and change. Tune in for regular live broadcasts and the opportunity to dive deeper in one-on-one transformation. Please welcome back Beth and Gil to News for the Soul. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Happy Canada Day. Hey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you Happy Canada Day. Yeah. Do you have some fireworks going off anywhere? Uh, there will be. Yes, indeedy. That's like a lovely day out there. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I think we're, we're great. Yeah, you know, we're plugging away. As plugging we do. Away. It's really warm down here, so you know. So like you know, we're in uh Florida and um it's like ninety degrees and uh humid and so um awesome. yeah. We actually really <laughs> like it. People are always like, gosh, it's so hot here and everybody leaves but I don't know, for some reason Beth and I like we're like, This is the best ever. <laughs> like a free sauna <laughs> well exactly we'll take it we'll take it so so if, uh, you know if you hear uh well you, well, you might hear thunderstorms that mm-hmm. would be what we yeah. have so okay well, yeah. well i don't know how safe it is to do a radio show with lightning but yeah let's find out okay so what's up for today you know, we, um, after, what, a couple of weeks ago, which we just had a blast on here with you <laughs> on News for the Soul, and we we thought, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about, because we've had a lot of questions since then, 
in, um, you know, people that we know that are, that are listening into your shows and um, kind of saying, hey, you know, how do I clear the brush in my life uh, in order to really hear God and to um, be able to, to really uh, live in a way that, I, that I'm, I'm really sensing God in my life? You know, how does that work? And, how, and, and give us more examples and what, what, you know, what, what is it on my end um, that I could be really kind of putting up roadblocks for that um, to happen? So to be able to live on that in that we call it a glide path, kind mm-hmm. of a yeah. kind of a real spiritual you know glide path in in my life. I think people say I really want that. Um, I don't know how to get that. And then of course every a lot of people have issues from whatever that is. And authority, you know, like kind of Beth was talking about two weeks ago, where they've had really bad experiences, whether that's with a church or whatever kind of you know uh, a person, whatever it would be, an authority, whatever it would be in that. And so a lot of folks are saying, you know, how do I become kind of a, a recovering, you know, I'm, 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 I'm recovering yeah. from, some, uh, from some spiritual things that happened in my past, you know. So how does that, how does that work, and how do I come back, and, 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 how, and, and how do I deal with some of those things in my life? So we thought, you know, what if we talk about that a little bit, <laughs> you know, and, and, right. and we were like, you know, that, there's that. TV show that was really popular <laughs> called, you know, Dealer. Yeah, yeah, let's back, yeah, yeah, let's make a deal when I was growing up. And then it's Deal or No Deal, the one with, you know, Howie, uh, <laughs> that guy, you know. So, <laughs> you know, and people flock to uh, watch those shows to go, yeah, you know, door A or door B or here's what I have. And God's saying, if you give that to me, I'll give you something better, right? Um, uh, how does that work? And so we, we just thought, you know, what if we talked about some things that we notice in our own lives and others that um, where God says, hey, let's make a deal, right? Um, you offer me that, and I will in turn offer back to you, you know, peace and purpose and passion. What, what if you gave me your, your anger, um, your bitterness, your rage? Um, what if you gave me your worry? This kind of, you know, I'm a wreck over here, an anxious wreck. We'll hear this a lot when we talk to people. How do I get this? You know, I'm so nervous about this and this and this, and it's always, you know, created this stuckness for me. Um, and then, you know, you know, yeah, so how do I give you that, right? And then, you know, I've just decided to kind of numb out in my life. That's kind of the best there is for me. And so I'm stuck in an addiction, whether that's, you know, pornography or alcohol or, you know, um, Symptoms. Symptoms, yeah, whatever that would be, where God says, you know, if, you, if you're if you willing to to give that to me, I would offer back, you know, passion for life again. So we thought maybe we'd talk about that. What do you think? You think that's fantastic. I'm just trying to uh, mute myself when we'd whack her guys by the window. <laughs> but I think it's great. <laughs> so if there's a little delay in my response. That shows you the dedications of hardworking Canadians everywhere. But I'll just let you know, too, we, you do have a caller on a line calling in for a healing at some point. So uh, just putting a pin in that and take us where you want to go. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, why don't we start, we can start out with a caller yeah. so that we make sure to get to that person. Yeah. Yay, let's do it. Because a lot of times, um, yeah, we, once we get talking, forget it. <laughs> yeah, right? 
<laughs> okay, here we go. Area code 516. You're on with Beth and Gil. What's your first name? Where are you calling in from? Yes, hi. Um, this is Anita from New York. How are you? Hi, Anita. Hi, Anita. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Um, so my, my question is, um, I have a number of health issues that I just can't seem to resolve. You know, um, I eat well, I'm healthy otherwise, but um, I've, called, I've worked with a number of healers, and uh, no one can seem to help me, and I don't know what's blocking it. I've done a lot, a lot of healing work. Um, the main concern I have is tinnitus, very loud with hearing, from hearing loss. Um, okay. I've, um, and I have... I keep getting ovarian cysts, surgeries, and then they come back, and breast cysts, and problems with my eyes recently, cataract and um, what's called vitreous detachment, three holes in my retina, um, which are creating eye floaters and flashes. I've, I've had some treatment with the doctor um, for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first thing, well, just a few things that I can share with you. Um, for myself, you know, personally, uh, as you obviously know because you're calling in, I help people heal from chronic conditions. I, I do that all day, every day. Mm. And, uh, you know, the things that you're mentioning are, you know, they're, they're um, typical kind of chronic issues that occur. Uh, tinnitus is, is a big one for people, as is um, overhearing cysts and such. One thing I would say that is at the core of all cyst creation is a virus. Okay. Um, I always see that as a viral issue. And then just from, from hearing your voices and just kind of, you know, what I do in my, in my healing practice, you do have some kind of parasite issue. Oh, okay. um, I'm not sure if you're aware of that or if anyone's ever told you that. But, yeah, there is some kind of parasite in your system that's um, wreaking some havoc for you. I can, I can see that really clearly. Oh, wow. Okay, I've never been told that. Okay, okay. Um, do you have any kind of digestive symptoms or liver pain or anything of that nature? Not now. I, I did once have E. coli poisoning from um, sure. tuna, so it's possible. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not, yeah, this is something different than that. That's actually all cleared out, the okay. E. coli. That's, uh, yeah, that's not a problem anymore. But yeah, you've you've got some kind of underlying uh, parasite going on, and um, let me check something on that for you. Okay. Yeah, I think you've had that parasite about eight years. Oh wow. Um, how long have you felt? How long have these issues been going on for you? Uh, well, the eye issues just started in November, and the tinnitus yeah. has been four years. And uh, okay. cysts I've had since I was 11. I'm not, I mean, not, I don't, haven't had cysts since I was 11, but I've had problems with ovaries and, you know, female problems since I was the age of 11 when I first got my period. Right. But um, I've had cysts since um, the last okay. probably 20-some-odd years. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, do you have uh, insulin resistance? Um, I just developed that when I hit menopause, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That tends to um, keep the cyst issues going okay. as well. So that would be something else that, you know, I would uh, recommend working on because that can really help with the with the ovarian cyst issue. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, those are I my, mean, you know, in terms of, yeah. yeah. I mean, ahead. it's under control with diet, exercise. I'm not overweight. I eat healthy. Um, yeah. And I don't know, you know, what else I could do to heal from. Um, I don't know if you had any success healing people from tinnitus. I, oh, you absolutely. Know, yeah, you have. Yeah. Okay. That's a, common, uh, that's a common phone call that I get, yeah. And okay. tinnitus tends to be, um, a lot of times there's an underlying fungal infection. I don't feel like that's your issue. Um, okay. A lot of times there's an underlying viral issue in the auditory cortex, which is connected to the ears, or, um, and even sometimes, and I'm not sure if you're taking anything right now, um, oftentimes it can be medication-induced, even if you're no longer taking the medication. That's another hmm. um, kind of typical typical thing there on tinnitus. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, yeah, yeah. So those are kind of the, you know, the physical things that I find. And then... Um, for people sometimes as well, there will be um, a relational issue or something that they just don't want to hear anymore or that they just don't want to hear in their life anymore, um, you know, whether that's a relationship or a boss kind of situation. or You know, so a lot of times there will be um, kind of that, you know, emotional field there or, you know, something energetic in their life like that as well. Um okay. But, yeah, that's actually – tinnitus is a very common phone call that I received, um, mm-hmm. as is um, ovarian cysts as well. But I do, like I said, there is an underlying parasite issue that's contributing, I think, to all of this for you. I, oh. That just came right up as soon as I heard your voice. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so that would be something to explore. And, okay. you know, it's – Again, if you want to, um, if you want to send me an email, that's fine too, and I can I can um, share a couple of ideas with you about, you know, the particular kind of a parasite protocol or something that you could, you know, get started on. Um, okay. I'm happy to do that. Oh, great, thank you. How, now, how do I contact you? Uh, yeah, the easiest way is um, probably my email, which is Beth, you know, B-E-T-H mm-hmm. at my website is best, B-E-S-T, mm-hmm. like Anita, you're the best, um, okay. best healing, uh, besthealingsolutions.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I can help you, you know, go forward with the, kind of the parasite piece. And then if you want me to do some further looking for you, you know, let me know. I, you know, I'm happy to do that as well. But I can see that is the number one underlier that I think has been being missed. Mm, okay, that's interesting. No one's ever uh, mentioned that to me. Okay, I'm great. I'm looking for yeah. some help. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, no, I'm happy to help you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Oh, very you're much. welcome. You're absolutely welcome. I hope I hope you have a, a beautiful weekend. Yeah, let me know how I can help. But that's where that's why I would start, Anita. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. All right. Thanks for calling. And let us know how it goes. Keep in touch. I love it. Yeah. All right. And we're back. Mhm. Oh, thank you for taking that call. My pleasure. All right, back to that yeah. God thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, and I think a big piece of, you know, I'm just listening to Anita, too. It's, 
a really good reminder for all of us the interplay that occurs for us, you know, human beings in, the, in our lifetime here, which is, you know, of the, the physical and how things manifest physically and, mm. you know, the emotional and the spiritual. And it's all tied together for all of us. You know, it's all tied together for all of us. And, I, you know, one of the things that I talk about with my team and the students that I train and then that Gil and I talk about a lot as well with the spiritual and relational work is that, um, you know, dis-ease is from disconnection. You know, and healing is about reconnecting. And it's reconnecting to the divine. It's reconnecting to God, to your body, to your organs and organ systems, to yourself, to others. And, you know, that's healing. Healing is reconnecting, whether that's on that physical level, the spiritual, emotional, relational, you know, connection to self, others, um, the body, the cells of your system. So all of it is about connecting, and that's what heals. So, you know, it's really what we're talking about, and it's really what we're talking about every time that we're here. It's it's about connecting, whether that's, you know, the love and healing solutions with relationships or, you know, connecting to truth that's going on within your body that you may not see. It's all relevant and necessary, and it's all, that's what, you know, truth is based on is, is finding that and, and then reconnecting to that source. So. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was growing up, right? It's like in the Midwest, especially in 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 you know, the good old USA. Um, everything was always, I think, disconnected from everything else. Like if you had pneumonia, then obviously you had a problem. You know, physically you needed to deal with it. If you had an emotional problem, you'd see a therapist. You went, yeah, everything's you know, compartmentalized. Every, right, it's yeah. all compartmentalized. Yeah, go talk to your pastor if you have this issue. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's true. And I. And I remember, um, you know, when you and I were, were connecting early on, one of the things that I, I remember thinking to myself was, gosh, everything is so about connection. You know, everything. Yeah. It's not like you have to have a compartmentalized expert for everything that you're dealing with. And you really deal with, and I know you've seen this happen a lot in your own practices, once someone deals with that, that emotional fracture they have, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden their physical symptoms start to pass, start to go away, right? Because the dis-ease came from something that was deeply emotional. And we don't talk about emotions in the sense of, like, we can't, like, hey, I broke my leg. That's mm-hmm. easy, right? We need to reset the femur, and then we're, you know, yeah, so we're the, fine, hey, I right? Broke my heart. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So when someone literally yeah. says, yeah, I have a broken heart, um, man, that's mm-hmm. something that needs to be looked at. You know, how do I put that in a cast? How do I help that heal? Um, and then when that happens, then all of a sudden physically I'm doing so much better. And, and um, you know, even I think it was yesterday, Beth and I were talking, and I said, I, and, and I, I didn't do this before. Growing up, whenever I would have a lot of stress, I learned how to say I don't have stress. Like I would go, I have I'm overcome fine. all this. I'm good, right? I'm yeah, how I'm are fine. you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine, right? And, um, and saying that, and then all of a sudden, yeah. Two days later, I've got hives, and I have, oh, yeah. and I have a, a, a bronchitis, mm-hmm. you know, sinusitis. I have all these physical things happening in my system, in my physical system, mm-hmm. because my emotional system has not been dealt with. And I would sit there and be like, "I'm good," 
Yeah. You know, you know, two days later, I'm in the ER for something. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what's and, and and what's that about? Well, it can't be about this me being stressed. Nothing, in, that can't be the case. I remember going to the doctor once back when I was going through my divorce, and I um, started having these really awful symptoms. I was actually placing my my clothing out at night next Aww. to my bed because Sorry, I, yeah, I thought I was going to have to drive myself to the ER. Not once it ever hit me, I'm dealing with this thing called divorce and all of that. You know, my friends were asking me, how do you, how you handle that? I'm like, oh, it's great, you know. I'm good. I like, might as well like, throw a party for that. That's incredible. But I was in the ER last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, I think, <laughs> you know, it's it's something that is so much more um, connected, you know, in that in those ways. Well, we're a whole we're a whole person. Yeah. You know, we're a whole person. And thank goodness, you know, I think. Obviously, I think our cultures have been waylaid by all this COVID stuff the last couple of years. But, you know, finally, I think there are people do tend to, are starting to look at things more holistically, which is really important. And, you know, um, obviously there are exceptions to everything, but a majority of issues, I believe, chronic ongoing, chronic health issues that never shift. Um, there is very often a significant spiritual component, you know, and a loss of a spiritual connection to something higher than you. And I see that a lot. And it's a big deal. It's probably at least 80% of a core issue for, for people, yeah. for 80% of people. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. If I'm living for something greater than myself, way greater, um, then I'm going to have a whole lot more healing going on in my life altogether in that way. Yeah. And so that's a really key thing. So I think, you know, Nicole, one of the things that Beth and I will ask folks along these lines are, you know, is there something happening in your life where there's, you know, bitterness or rage or is there something happening? It's hard for people to say, you know, I have rage for something or I have this going on. And and we were talking about my – this this passage in the scriptures where – where, you know, we say this thing called the Lord's Prayer, and it's, you know, um, we pray this thing that, you know, God forgive me as I forgive those who trespass against me. So, you know, forgive me as I, right, as I forgive others. And I remember sitting down with my mom, uh, and she was about 59 years old, and um, my dad had, you know, left her, and there had just been um, just some real nasty stuff going on, and she had kind of started leaning into vodka, and, 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 you know, she smoked about, I don't know, a pack and a half, two packs a day of cigarettes, and and just a beautiful soul. I mean, just a beautiful soul, and I was really close with her, and I remember sitting on the screen, of course, with her in, in New Albany, Indiana, Southern Indiana, and we were sitting there, and and she just was having a hard time giving up this, this anger she had, this rage toward my, toward, toward my father, because he had left her. And I just, I looked at her and I said, mom, are you, are you in a place where you're ready to, um, to really just let that go, you know, to, to, to do this piece of forgiving those who have trespassed against you and trespass obviously means to violate, you know, people have signs up about that, you know, no trespassing. It means a violation. So something is my property, something I own and, and if you violate that, you know, this is going to be, you know, trouble for you. And so I just said, you know, this whole trespass that, that, um, 
my father did with you. You know, you're ready to give that up. And I remember she looked at me. She just said, no, I'm not. And and oh, within yeah. six months, she um, got lung cancer. And in 22 more months after that, she was gone. And I think wow. that, I think Beth and I live, because um, we have real passion for this, is helping people unlock those areas of rage and bitterness and anger and all those things to say, you know, are you, are you ready to give that up? Because if you're not, um, you know, you're, yeah, you're going to part. You know, you're not, you won't be here. Um, and, I, and I think that's a big deal, you know, in people's lives. Instead of just saying, well, you know, we thought this, it could be a bill to say, screw cancer, you know, and, and I'm going, screw all those things that I do in my life yeah. that is causing that cancer. Mm. Because I won't own responsibility for this pain that I'm carrying with me, this bitterness that I have, because I have a right to carry this. And it's like, yeah, you have a right to carry it, but it will do you in. You know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I know people, myself included, that, are, that we call them a, a, um, collectors of injustices. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a collector of injustices. So if you tell me your story, I'm liable to go beat up some people with you. Like we actually form teams around this. You know, I'm really upset at this person over. Well, me too. Good. Let's. Team yeah. up, yeah. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and we have a right to do this. And I'm like, yeah, you, you, you sure do. Yeah, you, know? you have a right, but it's destroying. Yeah, it's destroying you. And these are the things that cause our hearts to break, you know. And in, and you know, like I was saying the other day, I was looking at Beth, and I knew I was going through something. I was going through some stress and about something going on in my life. And I, and I, and I looked at Beth and I said, I'm going to need your help on this because I know that if I don't. If I don't give this up, if I'm not willing to let this go, um, you're going to be taking me to the doctor, you know. And <laughs> I'm, serious. I'm serious, you know. And this is a real change for me because in the past I'd just be like, I'm good and I have a right. And, I, you know, and there's people out there that will jump right on that bus with you too, man. They will be on that bus and you guys can all wave that flag um, that says I'm right in being upset about this and this person and this institution that's causing this, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people will jump on board with you, and then in the end, um, you're going to be sick physically. And I think that that has been um, just a massive eye-opener for me uh, yeah. in this. And, um, you know, from the good old heartland where everything yeah. is compartmentalized, um, it's really been an eye-opening eye, eye to me, and it's actually come, you know, come to be true. You know, it's like, okay, I can't, I can't, I can't hold on to this any longer. If I keep holding on to this, I'm going to get sick. Yeah. Well, you know? every every person I've ever worked with with cancer, myself included, when I had it in my 20s, has rage or anger or bitterness towards somebody that they're not letting go, and unforgiveness towards somebody that they're not letting go. It can be even them, but that is there every time. I, mean, I remember a client I worked with probably five, seven years ago, uh, an older woman with pancreatic cancer, and 
I, I said to her, I said, you know, are you willing to let go of that rage and bitterness you have at your family about that financial situation? That's a big reason why, you know, you became sick in the first place. And she paused and said, absolutely not. Um, okay. <laughs> End of session. Um, no and her her daughter talked to me she said she is not willing to let this go and she said i know this it's going to kill her she's not willing to let go of this rage she is going to die because i'm not going to let them you know think they were right she's like oh man i mean this is killing you but but yeah so yeah i see examples of that with with cancer all the time but other things too so yeah it's a we actually have a term for this, right? When somebody's really upset, right? They'll say, I'll say, are you willing to give that up? They'll go, over my dead body. Yeah, no kidding, And I right? go, well, that's next. <laughs> that's a horrible thing. It's true, though. I never thought about that. Yeah. So over my dead yeah. body. And I'm like, yep. Oh, and we're okay, just waiting. Then. Yeah, and we'll be waiting on that, and we'll be right here. Is that, you know, right after the commercial break. Um, <laughs> that's what we'll have. <laughs> it's true. You're right. You know, the $60 billion question, which I'm sure you're getting to at some point, you can do a whole series of shows on it, is some people don't know how how to let something go, truly. Well, I think that there's fear. I think that's why. I think if you let... One of the things I used to say in here, well... Better the devil I know than the angel I don't. Well, this is the devil I know. I'm holding on to this. I know how to do this. I'm comfortable in holding on to this. It makes me feel alive holding on to this. I don't know who the heck I would be or what would happen to me if I let this go. Um, I see that a lot. There's a fear of who am I without that because I'm very identified with it and I'm very comfortable with it. Who am I going to be if I start letting this stuff go? Then I feel like this little old me, and I feel small, and I feel weak, and I don't know who I am. But it's a chance worth taking, and it's it's a risk that has to be taken. But yeah, I think people are afraid. I think that's I think that's the number one reason. Yeah, I think I think the ability to get down to that fear. Um, and I think we do. We live in a culture that says that we need to zero out this stuff. So if, I'm, if I've been offended, if I've been violated, um, we need to zero that out. And the only way I know how to zero that out is to have vengeance, you know. Um, for me, you know, back to my dad, but because, yeah. you know, there was okay. such unbelievable hurt in our I mean, family yeah. of that, yeah. it's no wonder that my favorite movies were like, you know, Steven Seagal, <laughs> you know, like all my favorite movies are where there's somebody who gets an injustice and then <laughs> someone like, you know, yeah, butt. like yeah. Liam Neeson's my favorite actor. Why? Because he's always <laughs> kicking these people's butts, you know? It's like, let's watch a Liam Neeson movie tonight, you know? <laughs> uh, what do you want to do that for? Well, I just feel like right now I need a partner. You know, I need a guy that's going to, you know, have a particular set of skills. <laughs> 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 and I will hunt you down, and I will find you, and I will kill you. And I'm like, yes, my favorite line ever. Um, because, because that's, to be honest, that's what makes me feel better in the moment. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, this you guy. Alive. You know, alive yes. in that moment. I yes. did something about that. Yes. 
you know. Um, and so whether it's, you know, a breakup, um, whatever it would be, and somebody goes, well, I've been wronged here. Like, we do this in our culture, yeah. right? There yeah. has to be a victim. There has to be a villain. And then there has to be a hero. We have to have all those in our culture. Um, and so what we tell people is that that's got to be gone, right? The, the, the victim piece has to leave because as long as there's a victim, there has to be a villain. As long as that's going on, there needs to be a Liam Neeson. Yeah. And if that's it's true, it's true. And we've been taught that. So I think the first thing we have to say is, is, that, is that working? How's that working for you? Yeah. And we ask that a lot. How is that really working for you? And if you could see what rage does on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got into this form of healing and being a healer, um, you, we did some uh, dark field microscopy, which, you know, where you're looking at blood um, in a dark field under a microscope. And you can watch it change. When someone is angry or holding massive grief or heartbreak, and then you do an energetic treatment on them to help release this from the body. I mean, their blood, their cellu- on a cellular level, it changes immediately releasing that. I mean, if you can realize like, what this is doing to my body to hold on to this, uh, you would never hold on to it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it literally, it, yeah, it, it's killing you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the reason it, it feels good, it's higher up on the power scale, but if people really yeah. saw what you're speaking of, you know, and saw the physical damage, they'd want to reach higher on that scale. Exactly. Yeah, love and growth and healing. You know, that's what cells thrive on. Um, yeah, but you're right. I mean, anger is definitely higher on the power scale. Cause, yeah, when you're angry, you do. You feel alive. You feel alive, and for many people who've had very traumatic histories and may live in a traumatic relationship or something now, um, they, myself included, would choose anger over fear, terror, grief, and sadness any day. And it's actually healthier than those emotions I just named because, yeah, you, you do feel alive. You do feel like maybe you have a purpose. It's better than being depressed making no movement but but it's not the answer. You may mm-hmm. you may use that as a defense mechanism to help cover up some of those other things that are so painful and anger gets you moving sometimes. You know, look at Liam Neeson. I mean <laughs> yeah. it gets you moving, you know. It gets you taking all those out <laughs> Right. 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 But but yes. Over time, um Anger causes terrible health issues. It causes cancer. It causes dis-ease of all kinds. And when you see that on a cellular level, it's like, yeah, I can't. Okay, I may be afraid to let this go. And for many people that live in anger, it's because they were mistreated, because they have an abused history as a child, or they were, you know, sexually abused, something like this, in their childhood. So their belief is, and they're not wrong. The belief is I need this anger to keep myself safe because if I drop this anger and I drop those walls, I feel vulnerable and scared again. So 
you know, a lot of that is then, like, for what I work with with people is, okay, how do we show you and those child parts of you that, you know, you're an adult now. You will, you don't ever have to put up with that again. You are not powerless like you were as a child. You are a powerful person. You can now walk away. You can set boundaries. You can say, no, I will not go there. You can say, I don't want this person in my life. When you're a kid, you don't have that choice. So, you know, to get back to your powerful, empowered place and realize, you know what, yeah, I don't need that anger to be okay anymore, but it helped me survive very unsurvivable things when I was younger or, you know, in a previous relationship, for example. So, you know, those things can take pretty strong hold um, because of that, because they do help you survive. You know, Gil, like with you, I mean, the anger you had before you worked on your addiction, I mean, the anger you had helped you survive horrible things with your dad. You had to have it at that time. You know, it helps us get through really awful things. So, but what we're saying now is, okay, now at this point in my life, in my current life circumstance, I don't need this anymore. Yeah, it's not serving me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, that's where you have people having experiences where, they didn't, you know, that this thing that helped them survive is now this thing that is actually causing Hurting them to hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 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 to, and to be able to say, hey, um, mm-hmm. man, and I know this sounds corny, but you know, I I've done this where it's like go back where that little boy survived all that because of those emotions that came up. He protected his mother, right? For me, I protected my yeah. mom. I helped protect my brother. I helped protect myself against um abuse. Yeah, yeah. Um in an abuser and, and to be able to say, give and I'll corny, but it's like I love that kid. Yeah. You know, it's like funny. when I see him in pictures yeah. I go, Man, that dude, that little dude you know, like yeah. he you know, he stepped up there and it's actually yeah. what a great thing that he had that in a sense that weapon. But that weapon mm-hmm. does not serve him anymore. And so it's yeah. like, you know, very gently, um being able to say, hey, now it's time to graduate from that. That needs to be ceremonially cleansed, right? So, yeah. you, so you're talking about how, how do I let this go? I think, one, it's, it's, it's saying, uh, Nicole, it's saying I, I'm willing to come to grips with this, this. I no longer have to have that, any of these weapons in my weapons closet, you know, yeah. um, that, 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 uh, uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, get off my lawn. That was awesome in that movie, Grand Torino. Um, get off my lawn. You know, that's really a stud thing. And, you know, look at me, look at that. I have that in my weapons closet. And to be able to say, you know, I, I don't need that anymore. And it's time to graduate from that. Mm-hmm. And there's some people out there that never have to graduate from it because they've had some sort of pristine Pleasantville upbringing. And that's fine. And that's, I actually celebrate that with people when I hear about that. Um, I go, wow, you're, that's a unicorn. <laughs> Aren't many of them. Nice. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, and so it's been helpful for me on my end to say, this does not serve me anymore because if I hold on to this, I will surely die. I will. I will not be able to have a relationship that's sustainable. Um, I won't be able to, uh, to, to, to really live in what these dreams that God has given me. I won't be around for those. Um, I'll hurt myself. I might even land in prison. So what I want to be able to do is say, great job, buddy, back there. This is now harming you. 
and now it's time to graduate. It's time to ceremonialize that, however you want to do that. You know, um, for me, it was burying that. It was, it was going out into my backyard and saying, okay, I'm going to bury literally the hatchet. That's what we call that. We're going to bury the hatchet. Um, that is no longer needed. And I think for someone to go, I am, I am ready, I am ready to graduate from that because I know if I continue this on, it will be really harmful. And most people that have that kind of anger bring it into their romantic relationships. That's where you will see this show up. It is the number one place that you will know if you have not buried the hatchet, it will show back up in romantic relationships. And one of the things for me was going, wow, I um, graduated at the top of my class. I um, was super successful in my life when it came to work, you know, creativity, all these kinds of things, influencing the world. Um, But that no longer um, is happening here. And so, and not only that is that it's, it's when I go into my romantic relationships, I'm blowing them up. And it really did cause me to go, what's wrong? I mean, what's wrong? I'm super successful in all these areas of my life but I cannot maintain and sustain a beautiful relationship. What is that? And I mean, right. I, it, it, right? And so, but I didn't have, I, there are very few people out there that know how to handle that, that know how to say, let me help you through that. Let me help you bury that hatchet. Let me help you ceremonialize that. Yeah. Be done with it. <laughs> yeah. And be able to say, hey, you, you, um, I remember Beth said to me, she goes, man, Gil, remember when we first met, you said, Gil, you, you don't need that many weapons. Remember uh-huh. you said I that? I do. I do remember You're that. like, yeah. so yeah. Beth, Beth said to me, she goes, Gil, are you in any imminent danger right now? Right now. Are you in any imminent danger? And I said, no. She was right, because you're 6'6", six, six, you're 6'6", six, six, <laughs> 250. And um, if your father walked in that door, I'm pretty sure you could handle that frail guy, right? So is there any so, – so, and I love – Beth looked at me. She goes, you are time zoning yourself. You are throwing yourself into what you were at 10 years old, and you take that on because that's something you know. But when you go there, you're starting to – you're actually, like you said, on a cellular level, right? Yeah, Bruce Lipton yeah. says it's it is. fear it is. or love. Right. right. Our cells are either in a state of fear, which mm-hmm. is when they're being destroyed, or, uh, or our cells are in a state of love where they are healthy and growing, right? Yes. And, and so I realized that, okay, so I have a fear going on here that I don't need to have anymore. It's causing me to bring out my guns, so to speak. And all of a sudden, you know, that's where my rage is entering into the, into, into the uh, you know, scenario. So Beth had the ability to look at me, and I, I needed to deal with this because I'd already done a ton of work, but I had not yet closed this out. And, yep. then, and, and you said, hey, you want, are you ready to close that out? And I said, yes. And I remember we did two nights on the phone. You were in Maui, and I was back in Prescott, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And we did two sessions together. Mm-hmm. And when those two sessions were over – I've never gone back. Like, I knew when those were finished that it was finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had the skills to, to walk me through that. And I think that's where, so, Nicole, I think that's where, you know, it's why Beth and I do what we do, right? We want to help people walk that through so they can ceremonialize that, give that, 
kid a huge hug, <laughs> love on him, and say, I no longer have to go back there. I'm not in imminent danger. You know, I'm not. And I think that, to me, that was like, and I knew when it was over, it was like something lifted from my spirit there. Mm-hmm. Well, and what happens is, you know, 90% of our behavior, thoughts, emotions are based on the unconscious. So, you know, when we have old trauma, like Gil's sharing, you know, that he had, and I did as well, that's why I was sick, you know, the ripe old age of 24. Um, you know, when we have old trauma, it runs our lives unknowingly. You know, so it's really about getting to that and getting to, you know, Gil was talking about the small child, the the little boys inside and loving them and having compassion for them, but also for them to see the truth because the unconscious is not acting in your life today. It's in another time zone where the trauma was going on. So to say, you know, Gil, you are not, look through your eyes today. You are not in imminent danger. Your dad's not here. You're not in imminent danger is profound because we're, we all, when we have trauma like that and anger, we've, we're functioning out of an old time zone. We don't realize it. We don't realize it. We're not functioning in the present moment most of our day. That is running it. 90% of what's going on in our life is being run by the unconscious. And that's where our pain is. That's where our trauma is. That's where that rage is. And for him, as for a lot of people, since we're talking about anger here, that is born out of self-protection. It's born out of self-protection. You're not, people don't become angry because it's fun. I mean, they're, oh, I feel so great about myself. I'm an angry, mean person. You know, it comes out of self-protection and trying to survive the unsurvivable. So you have to know your situation today. I am not in imminent danger today. If I know that, then I don't need this rage anymore. I don't need it. So I think I think it's you know when Nicole says, then how do I how do I walk that through? I think it's yeah, it's saying I'm going to do my trauma work. It's like I'm ready to do that and I'm willing to do that and. I'm actually willing to see, like, I know for me it was, this is not the person that I had envisioned myself becoming. No. You know, and it was, to be honest, it was embarrassing, and it was showing up in places that I was getting called out really from family, just saying, what is that? Like, where is that coming from? And so, you know, for me to be able to go, okay, I'm going to go look at that. You know, and then I was Well, what happens is when you have, you have a self-protector, okay, you have a self-protector that holds that anger and rage. The part of us that holds that anger and rage does not feel very lovable. Like you said, what is this in me? Okay. That part of you that you don't feel loved, that part of you doesn't feel loved at all. It's holding all the rage that you've ever had, right? Yeah, so of course that part of you, you're not going to feel loved that part of you is not going to feel love at all. It's not about love. It's about i got to keep you alive and protect you because look what was around the corner. And now that's gone. But, yeah, I mean, I know that's getting in a little bit deep here, but that's really the key of healing this 
is is going back to you know it, present moment consciousness, but but going back and um, healing that old pain and knowing you don't have to be afraid of letting it go anymore. Sure. You know, um, my, I want to ask one more question on this. When I'm envisioning, you know, the different things to let go and the traumatic effects and the effects of healing that these things have, um, I understand the letting go of the rage and the anger and the blame, that kind of stuff. What about the actual victimization or the event or the hurt? Mm-hmm. Is that not harder well, to let go? No, I mean, well, I think, yeah, it's hard, but, but I think that the hardest part of that that I've seen working with people like this for however long it's been, over 20 years, 22, um, is that you can heal that old trauma. I think the hardest part is trusting yourself with the wisdom that you now have based on what you've been through in your life. Trusting yourself to go forward. Trusting yourself to move out again. Now, trusting yourself to get in relationships again because the trauma was heavy and it was big and it was strong and it hurt so bad that it felt like, you know, destroyed part of you. Um, I think you can heal that old trauma, but the step with, and I don't think healing that trauma necessarily is difficult. It's just how do I now live in the present day? Okay. I've gone through that. I've learned a lot healing it, but now, do I trust myself in my life today, for example, getting in a relationship again? Um, you know, how do I approach that differently, and do I trust the wisdom that I've gained on this? And, you know, I share with a lot of clients that I work with often that, you know, the parts of us that have survived trauma are very wise and cautionary, but very wise. And to learn to trust that you're not going to throw yourself into something, un, you know, just, just blindly. Once you've gone through trauma, you see things differently, and it changes you. And you see things through different eyes than you had before. And that's okay, I think the hardest part is for people to trust themselves to move forward. That's what I would say about that. Mm, that's a good answer. Yeah, it does seem a lot harder, maybe just because I relate to that one more, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's an event that, I like what she said, you know, there's this event that, you know, there's an event out there that is kind of made an imprint in my soul, my yeah. mind, my heart. Yes, it is an imprint. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I know that's there, but I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm taking steps from that. I think, too, Nicole, I think it's important that we have, <clears throat> you know, here's like, role, like forgiveness role models. You know what I mean? Like, like it's easy to go, this person over here has been marked by this. But like, for me to be able to see what it could look like for me, 
and others. You know, I was really great with others. I knew how to walk other people through things too, right? But at the same time, I was neglectful of my own self, my own soul. Yeah. So I think that's another thing. It was like, okay, so I want to latch on to those people that have actually done this work. I would need to see what they look like and what their lives look like in freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think if, if, if you didn't know the work that I've been through, I think people would say, well, then you and Beth are probably not going to be doing well because you still have these issues in your life, right? But if you don't have these issues anymore in your life, this is what it can look like. Like, I, like even with my, my kids, you know, um, specifically my boys that have said um, to me, and I have some, you know, I'm helping coach my boys right now, right? And they're one's 19, one's 25, and I'm helping coach them through some things in their own lives because this kind of stuff goes down through generations. So I'm helping coach them to see what it could look like. And they both have said to me, like, wow, now that we see you and Beth, it gives us hope, right? It gives us hope that we would be able to sustain and maintain and have loving, purposeful, passionate relationships in our own lives. And when they see that example, it gives them um, hope, but it also gives them energy to say, I want to take care of what I have in my own life around that. I don't want to be another generational Miss on this. Yeah, I don't want another. We already have plenty of, you know, not great stories in my family, right? So we already have plenty of those. So it's like, let's, let's, let's have story. Let's, storytelling is really important. That, hey, look, this is what it can look like for you. It, it's an example. It's, that's what motivated me. You know, in the end, it was there has to be something better than this. There, I've seen this work. I've, ha- I've seen people forgive. I see, I've seen people do this let go thing really well. It wasn't some pious or really pithy, you know, let go and let God, you know, like those kind of things that just make me want to throw a brick through the TV. It's like um, it's, it's something that is really um, beautiful. I think it's saying, okay, there's an example of what my life could look like if I was willing to enter that cave where I have the most fear. And that cave, as Joseph Campbell says, that had the most fear of me was to be able to walk into that cave of um, pain. um, Anxiety. Anxiety, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, just to walk into that and deal with it. And I think that that was very scary. But... But when it took place, it was right on. I mean, it was something that really came out in a, in a beautiful way. So I feel like you and I get to be kind of a trophy of God's grace. We get to be a trophy of what this could look like, you know, for others. I know in my family it's made a huge difference. Well, and I think, too, you know, Nicole was asking about, you know, when you've had a, a trauma history, you know, the other piece of it is um, anxiety. You know, and I guess that's the word I was looking for and I was trying to say, you know, how you move forward because there is anxiety about that. And I think, you know, working on that piece of anxiety is really important because anxiety stops us from making movement. Stops you, you know, dead in your tracks. I just realized, guys, we're three minutes from the top. I was just so we are. That's what I was just telling about. Three minutes. Holy cow. <laughs> Well, let's get you to do a wrap-up, takeaways, and shameless self-promotion. So we'll continue next time with more on this subject because, you know, we always have a lot of notes and don't get to all of them, but that's okay because yeah. we have a lot of fun Yeah. and hopefully it's helpful. Um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, 
we love helping people. Both of us do. And if this resonates with you, you know, we're happy to help. And like our caller asked for help with physical issues. Um, you know, I work with people all over the world with, with chronic symptoms that they need an answer and help for. Um, whether that's, you know, spiritual, physical, emotional, relational, mental, whatever that is, and whatever that pain is about. Um, I can be contacted at Beth at besthealingsolutions.com or our website is besthealingsolutions.com as in Nicole is the best ever for the <laughs> last right. 25 years. Okay. Um, so thanks for having us here. And uh, you want to have a conversation with me? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll give Gil a second. Go ahead. No, same. I mean, I think, you know, I'm Gil, G-I-L, it's one L, at besthealingsolutions.com as well. So, yeah, we, we um, yeah, we just find our most passion in helping people through these tunnels of chaos. And couples, and too. Pain. Yeah, couples and yeah. Um, really are here to... Mm-hmm kind of be tour guides on people's quest to see their lives turn out, you know, in very redemptive ways. Beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Nicole, on yeah. Canada Day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we love you. We love you. Our pleasure. And you guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you in two. And uh, Beth and Gil, all linked up at newsforthesoul.com. And we are back with lots more this Canada Day right after this. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, Gil. Hey, Nicole. 